0: You're listening to From the Clubhouse, a National Club Golfer podcast. Has your club gone back exclusively to using paper scorecards? Have you slotted right back into the routine? Or do you pine for your phone and a digital signature for many of us? The coronavirus pandemic ushered a digital revolution at our clubs, whether it was booking tea times online, entering our scores through our phones, or watching hole-by-hole live leaderboards. The restrictions we endured to play the game opened up our eyes to technology and how it could influence golf. In many ways, the sport was just catching up. In other areas of our lives, whether we're checking our bank balances or paying for products, tech has made things simpler and quicker. Golf has been slow to get in on the act, but is it now down the rabbit hole? Will the opportunities presented by technology change it forever? David Sederholm, Europe, Middle East and Africa sales director at Top Tracer, thinks so. He's my guest on the From the Clubhouse podcast this week as we consider the future of technology at our clubs. David, welcome to the From the Clubhouse podcast. Great to be here, thank you. Top Tracer um, have taken golf by storm. I think it's fair to say, isn't it? Um, there are uh, Top Tracer facilities springing up all over the nation and all over the world. Um, golfers uh, who like computer games might be very familiar with the concept through the link up with WGT. And obviously um, with the link up on the PGA Tour as well. And we see the Shot Tracer um, every week uh, what a time it is for the company you're expanding it, it seems at an exponential rate yeah it's
1: been a absolutely fantastic journey um you know to be part of and to, and to see and, and and to see what's going to come in the future so as you as you mentioned there about you know places popping up all over the country and and globally i mean we've grown to over 450 venues now globally um over 100 in the uk and yeah it's been it it's it's change you know it's the times of change and times of where golf is enjoying a boom it's great to be able to facilitate an even bigger return on that boom that's going on in golf
0: yeah for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure and i use that word uh, deliberately of uh, of trying top trace range Um, Just explain to me how it works. It's a pretty immersive experience for golfers and does transform the driving range experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's two core products uh, that the golfer can experience depending on the type of range they're in. So the traditional covered driving range with individual fixed hitting bays uh, they will experience top tracer monitor where the, in each uh, in each bay there is a there's a touchscreen monitor with games the balls are all traced using optical sensors that are placed at the, on the roof of the range Um balls will be hit they get traced immediately back to to, to the bay you're hitting from and you can play a variety of games from target based or practice based digital immersive games or virtual golf uh, and so on compete with different leaderboards from people hitting balls at all sorts of ranges all over the world, you, you know, and so on. The other, the other product is for the more traditional, I would say golf club driving range where you've got a, maybe a grass tee or an AstroTurf tee uncovered. Uh, and again, we use the same technology to track the balls, but the, a different way for the golfer to interact with it, where they can download an app onto their phone, connect to the system uh, wirelessly on the range and, and get all of the same data back on their balls.
0: Yeah, I am a member at uh, Close House. Um, for some listeners that's held the British Masters twice, who've had top tracer monitoring for, for for a while now. And it is quite an amazing experience when you're looking out over the range while trying to negotiate first at Pebble Beach.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic and um really interesting to see how Close House have been engaged with the system. I know for for one, when they've uh, in the winter in the winter months when they've had maybe a slightly wet course, they've actually ran you know the winter stableford over virtual golf on the uh, on the range rather than sending you out in all the elements so it's great to see the different innovative ways the the you know facilities can interact with the technology
0: yeah golf appears to be at a juncture when it comes to uh, digitization some of which obviously has been accelerated by the pandemic i mean obviously top trace are at the forefront of this do you think that the strides that we've seen digitally because of covid is um, only going to get more and more prevalent as we come into whatever this post-COVID world is. I think uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> you know, the
1: golf has you know enjoyed that as you say the, the, this boom because of the pandemic, and that's because golf is a form of entertainment. And whilst other forms of entertainment have been closed, you know, golf is naturally outdoors and socially distanced. So we all know that's why a lot of people have either played more golf or returned to the game of golf or taking the game of golf up because it's one of the activities it can do. But golf has always had, you know, a challenge around participation numbers, you know, declining and, and so on. And we actually believe that the gamification of the range, you know, this technology is a key to to growing that participation and retaining the boom that's here now and continuing to grow upon it. Because if we look at where golf's going to be in five years' time, there's two there's two routes we could take now. If, if a facility invests in itself now and works on retention and it, making that better, more immersive experience and keeping people coming back, in five years time, COVID will be the best thing that ever happened to golf because it was the start of bringing people in, but actually it was technology like ours that helped retain it. Or in five years time, if we just look and pat ourselves on the back that golf facilities are popular right now, but don't invest in, in changing the experience, look back in five years time and say those couple of years because of covid were a good boom you know and so it's it really is to to us that's what we see it it just if we can you know my background has always been in changing consumer behavior through technology and that's what i see is you know the one thing that golf probably has never had because it's such a hard game to play such a time-consuming game that people generally think well is it easier to take the family to temp in bowling or to the cinema or whatever right but actually all of a sudden you can make golf fun and entertaining and quick and and have that immersive experience it's a great way to bring that market back in and and keep golf relevant you know
0: how do you go about doing that how do you go about marketing your products to clubs because it does feel to me still at the moment that um we need a bigger shift um there are some golf clubs that have gone headlong into this into the digitization everything's being done through your phone now um, they're used to customers using software and hardware in order to monitor their stats and performance. And yet, there are other clubs as well that, you know, because of their culture and their traditions, bristle at the sight of a mobile phone anywhere on their property. So, I mean, how do you change those perceptions of those ultra traditional clubs who don't want to do this, but yet may have to because the digitization of society is inevitable? Yeah. Uh...
1: Yeah, you know, you're absolutely dead right there, Steve. The, the first things first, absolutely. Although we're, I guess, a disruptive technology provider in that respect, respect, respecting the traditions of the establishments that exist within the game, I think there is a first and foremost, you know, critical importance. But society has moved and shifted. Demands are different. And, you know, like you say, certain places are moving with that adjustment and some aren't it's a case by case and in terms of every conversation that we have with every facility of what's right for them. Um, so we, you know, we work with, you know, great historic places like Sunningdale right the way to world of golf in New Malden. That's a, there's a free tier city center, you know, a city center based driving range. It's making sure it's the right experience for their golfers. Cause ultimately the reason that these golf facilities exist is because people like playing the game. And if you're going to make the game more accessible and, you know, digital. Ultimately, that shift has already happened in terms of club fitting and so on with launch monitors, and it's all, it's data driven, and it's and now when a consumer interacts with golf through broadcast, of course, there's data there for the golfer. So, the ability for the golfer to have access to that themselves is a you know of critical importance. And one of the one of the a massive um, thing that happens in the game of golf, and I'm sure we've all experienced it, is people when it comes to a fitting or a custom fit club say they're not good enough for custom fit clubs or yeah, you know, that, that stuff's available for the pros, but it's not for me. And actually, that's the part that we want to help golf facilities educate their users, that it is for them. And it's actually an even bigger benefit for, for beginners in the game or people who want to improve or the club, gol- you know, the club golfer that plays in the Stableford every weekend. This is where the, that has the biggest impact on them. And so actually, that, that that's the sort of conversation, the narrative. But it's enabling that we're still very much at the start, although we talk about being in 450 venues. When you think about how many golf facilities there are in the world, it's the tiny percentage we' you know, we're the biggest provider of range technology in the world and the biggest by some way, but we're still in a tiny percentage of it. And it, we are still speaking with the innovators. You know, if you talk about the law of adoption and innovation, we're very much at the innovator end of it. But getting that out to the mass market and getting that to where the golfer can realise it that's the important bit because then it's not just about hey a line got drawn on the, on the screen uh, that you know showing me where I hit that golf ball. It's actually that's more enjoyable for me to hit those golf balls, so I'll hit more balls. You know, I'll come more often to hit more balls, and actually that then has an impact on the golf facility right the way around. So if they have a food and beverage, you know, at the clubhouse or whatever, all of a sudden people are there more often, and they might grab a beer and a bite to eat, you know, afterwards or all of a sudden it has a material impact on their retail sales because all of a sudden, you know, you can see actually I do have the gap in my bag and my five iron doesn't go any further than my six iron. And, you know, you know, maybe I need a hybrid or whatever. And this is all the stuff. And these are all the tools that we're giving to the facilities that actually golf facilities don't realize exist for the massive because we're still in such a small percentage. So our, our success story is that in every place we've been, they've seen such a great material impact on their business. The chat, the challenge we have is getting that word out there, a message out there to everybody quickly. Uh, but actually, once we have that conversation, most golf facilities we have ask us, "Why doesn't everyone have it yet?" And it's because it's new, and it's because we're, uh, you know, we're working as fast as we can to get it everywhere.
0: Yeah, I, I just wonder why golf has been. Um, perhaps a little slower on the digital uptake as a as a sport, and obviously, not obviously for, for people who are innovating like yourselves, but as a sport given that, um, for example, uh, mobile banking now, I mean, do, does anyone actually go into a bank anymore to pay checks in? I'm sure some people do, but the vast majority of people now bank on their phone, use their phone to pay their bills, use their phone to pay for their shopping, um, through contactless uh, I mean digitization is everywhere isn't it and yet you know as as you say you know you're, you're getting stuck into the market you're making big strides but you're only at the beginning of the journey
1: yeah and go, you know golf facilities as a whole you know <laughs> doesn't take any you know any of us to sort of point out what one obvious thing but golf facilities are great big wide expansive venues So digitalizing every part of what people interact with is a a very difficult, time consuming and heavy investment potentially to to, to really get to that point. But like you say, whether it's T-booking or, um, you know, the England golf app for for, your handicap, the new world handicap system and all that sort of stuff, it's, it's there and it's involved in everyone. It's then actually breaking down some of those barriers and breaking down those parts that in certain golf clubs, there's, there's elements of their property that is underinvested. One of them being the driving range, because it's always been that bit on the side that people go and hit some balls and maybe it's only the good perception that only the good golfers go and do it or whatever, but actually it's a facility there that is an opportunity to bring people down. And I think that's where it's just that that adoption that needs to happen, but also maybe take away some of the perception that actually this isn't necessarily a huge commercial undertaking to do it. It can be you know very achievable, and the golfers' demand is there for it, and the golfers actually are already interacting, as you say, with the other stuff. So I think it's coming, but I also think golf is something that is, you know, has its traditions. Probably, generally, looks to how things were twenty-five years ago rather than where things are going to be in five years' time, and that's just that you know that's just an evolution that's happened in many different verticals that's happening now in golf.
0: Yeah, and yet uh, utilization of, of your technology in particular can bring quite a lot of rewards for golf clubs in terms of data mining and information about customers. It does seem a bit bizarre, doesn't it, that um, uh, whether we like it or not, in all other areas of our life, um, companies that we interact with know things about us, don't they? You know, Tesco know how I shop, for example. Um, Google Ads know what pages I've been looking at unless I'm careful about it. And yet when we come to our golf club, Um, The information that we have about golfers is really limited at times, isn't it? And particularly in the driving range. Mm
1: -hmm. That's it. And generally speaking, now, driving ranges have got digital ball dispensers. So they start to know and understand how many balls get hit, but they don't know by who or in generally speaking by who or how many balls get hit in a session. It's just how many balls get hit per day. And we've seen that the evolution with some of the ranges that are working with us that have actually started to become a new sort of dynamic pricing models and you know through demand so actually off peak time people are paying by the basket and the ball but actually during peak times they're paying for the time in the bay and you know it's a, a flat rate hit as many balls as you can in that hour and even sort of optimizing how their range is spread out and and resourced and staffed and i think that's something that just hasn't been there before because golf has kind of been Steady and fluid for you know for it was just, you know consistent for many many years. That actually when we need people come at this these sort of hours and we need this sort of staff, but actually giving them the data now has really helped sort of change that and make make it more dynamic. But I think it's just like anything. It's it's how that how that sort of player in the market and fortunately it's us that you know that are helping with that. But how how we introduce that to the market and and and, and engage with them to use it right because. you know that's that's what changes that's what that's what materially changes the fact the fact is we make the experience of hitting golf balls more interesting so you know our strap line being more people more balls more often to you know to the ranges but in reality what does that mean to them? And that's the bit that we're helping them to, 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 to understand. And actually, some of the really innovative facilities that we work with are actually helping us to see the power of the data that we give to them, you know, and, and help share best practice across the market. So, there's a you know, it, it, there's times of change and in, in digital innovation, but I think we'll catch up with many other industries over, the, over this t- period of time.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how far you can go with this. I mean, one of the things I was thinking about um, through my Top Tracer account was, you know i hit all of these balls on the range i can then take that information to my professional who can see my carry numbers can see my launch angle can see how i swing the club can see where those balls are going so it doesn't just have an economic um benefit it has a, a practical benefit for golfers as well oh 100 i mean i was i can sort of say
1: anecdotally i was um speaking of a golf club recently a very traditional golf club with a great membership talking about our technology potentially going onto their range and one of the things was that a few of the committee there said well there's nothing in this for us we're not particularly good golfers and straight away and talking about the, this particular course that i knew the seventh hole was a tricky par three over water and I, I asked the simple question what club do you hit there and people said, well, we don't really know. We just hit and hope, right? All of a sudden, well, what if you could really know and take that hit and hope out of it and have that confidence? And there's a big part in that. And there's, like you say, there's a big part of tuition and improvement and being able to register all of your dispersion and your carries and all that sort of stuff. Everything we do is ball data. We don't do club data, but we give the golfer all of the ball data so they can see what happens after they hit it. And then take that, as you mentioned, to their PGA pro to actually say how do i hit it better and that's the bit that we, that's the bit that our, our technology is never going to replace it's just going to enable that, that you know give people the understanding that actually i carry my seven in 137 yards so but actually i'd like to carry 150 so how do i make that happen
0: yeah and access to that kind of information is otherwise expensive yeah. isn't it through because you'd have to go on a launch monitor for example you'd have to either buy one or hire one and i know that they range in price but even the bottom end market ones are several hundred pounds aren't they and yet um, for a fraction of that cost i suppose with several sessions on on one of your ranges you get that same kind of data exactly
1: yeah exactly And, and when you talk about a launch monitor of course you're talking about club data and in reality, the you know the, the standard golfer, you know, I put myself in that that bracket. The standard golfer, how are they going to know and understand what two degrees from the inside means, and how are we going to correct it, you know, and all that sort of stuff? And that you can have you can have too much information, you know, too much data. It's having the right data and the right information that can be easily digested, and that's where that's where we see it, and that's what that's where the huge benefit is. And like you say, all of a sudden. You know, it's it's down to a couple of, you know, it's 10 pence a golf ball to get that information as opposed to 20,000 pounds for a top of the range launch monitor.
0: Do you feel that the pandemic has just accelerated this, um, although there are cl- clubs that and, and, and I know of them that um, are reluctant to go entirely. Um, into a digital space and do prefer uh, paper scorecards and that's their choice um, you know we are now much more used aren't we to using our phones for score entry with the My and golf app for example that you talked about earlier on you know use of touch screens is is very prevalent and and very normal now um everyone's very much used to it do you think that this sort of gradual digitization that we are going through at the moment is just basically going to get more and more i suppose to say to say it, um very succinctly because i didn't there um are we down the rabbit hole now
1: we i think we are right and there's no and there is no going back you know <laughs> it, like you know clubhouses and, and certain clubs Many years ago, you know, and there's still clubs that have the traditions of you put a jacket and tie on after a certain time, you know, and that's it. And they should, you know, clubs and institutions have that. But in reality, I suppose one of the demands for golf over the time is to change and get with the times and more recent. Now, there was a big furore uh, last year at the PGA um, Wentworth where, um, you know, the winner wore a a hoodie, you know, dress code and all the rest of it that doesn't take away from the fact that golf is hard and takes a long time to play. So now how people dress or anything like that, that, that's not it. It's it's hard and takes a long time to play. The pandemic has brought a lot of people back to golf or into golf or play golf more often. And all those people expect the same type of availability and service that they get in every other industry. So while they're here and the eyeballs are on it, demand is there now this movement has been you know the top tracer range movement as an example has been going since 2012 in our pro tracer days um before we became top tracer this movement has been happening like you say yes the pandemic has brought more eyeballs on it so of course that brings more demand and 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 basically means make the experience even better because we want to immerse and keep people in when they've got the option to go and do other stuff but in reality this was already happening before a pandemic the pandemic just put more eyeballs and more pressure on the industry to, to continue to innovate and change. And I think that that's, you know, there's not many people that can sort of say the pandemic's been a enjoy, an enjoyable period. But but if we take golf in isolation, I think golf facilities have probably enjoyed the benefits of it and should and long may that continue because it's been it's great for the game.
0: And we've discussed some of these earlier, but I mean, what do you think the benefits for golf clubs are in um going headlong into this because you know I I know you've got more affordable options for example with with Top Tracer Mobile but um installing the kind of facilities that you are is a commitment for a golf club you know that there is there is an expense to that and um they'll need they'll obviously need a return on investment as well so I mean what would you say to golf clubs who are considering this what are the benefits of it in terms of both financially and in terms of what they can find out about their customers so I would imagine, and the way we do, you know, there's the hard the amount of hardware and technology
1: that goes into tracing that ball isn't a cheap thing in isolation, right? So I'm not by any stretch of imagination going to say this is a drop in the ocean and not a commitment. It is. But I think if you look at a lot of what golf clubs have and overheads and and you know and what the facilities have to maintain themselves, there's an awful lot of spend that is just on maintaining and keeping the status quo. And you know, and members like that, right? And members want that tradition and that feel to it, but also. Maybe there's, you know, there is underutilized and underinvested elements of every golf facility that, you know, the clubhouses aren't full, you know, any stretch of imagination, the driving ranges aren't full. Tea times have been full during the pandemic, but there's an opportunity here to, to, to invest in something that does give people another reason to come to the golf club. To spend, you know, to, to spend and interact with the golf club in, in however way they do and get that return investment. So where the commitment is. Is it top tracer range or digging up and relaying two new greens on the course? Well, actually, why not? Why isn't it both? Well, it isn't both because you've only got one pot of money. But what if one thing can suddenly generate a load of more income for you to facilitate doing the other? And I think that's that's an important part of it. I mean, we sort of see it in the you know, in our part of the world that actually most golf is played on the course. If you think about Japan, actually, it's 50 50 uh, in terms of how golf is played. It's 50 percent of it's on the driving range and 50 percent of it's on the golf course and maybe actually getting more keeping the size of our 80 percent that's on the golf course today the same but growing the 20 percent that's on the range to be the same can only grow the game right and that's where that that's that's the part of it have more people stick around and when it becomes time for that membership that we impulsively took during the pandemic because we wanted to get a tea time when the conversation comes should i renew that membership because all of a sudden i can go back to watch premier league football i can go and do something else well actually if there's another service there there's that better chance of retention and if you retain those golfers this is a this is an easy route in for non-golfers as well because all all of a sudden going out on a golf course for four hours is intimidating if you don't if you don't play but actually using this technology to bring new golfers into it all of a sudden engages and you know they get get involved i mean i took my albeit she's only at the start of where maybe we would get into golf. But my eight year old daughter had her first ever go on a top tracer range recently just to see. And it was funny to see how she interacted with it because, you know, you and I as golfers, as soon as you hit a ball, your head comes up to and hopefully it comes up after you hit the ball, but it comes up uh, to follow that flight of the ball. She very quickly became actually she was making contact with the ball and her head was going the other way to the screen to see what happened. And that's that's the part that we're in now with especially the youth today with how they they interact with technology. But but in general day-to-day life, as you alluded to, touch screens are around and, and been involved in everyone. You know, our grandparents use iPhones now and all the rest of it. So it's that kind of interaction that gives people that instant gratification of seeing what they've just done and, and achieved with that golf ball, as opposed to going out on the golf course and taking 12 shots to get it in that little hole, you know? and. You might just have someone fall in love with the game on the driving range and without sounding like too much of a cliche go from the bays to the fairways you know and that's what you know that's what we're looking at
0: yeah um here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question to finish um so how does golf look to you then in five or ten years time um with these developments that we're seeing if i could push you to 2030 sir i mean what would you what would you think golf would look like in terms of the digital offering so i think i it, think
1: it it absolutely adds value to the facility it becomes and it will become a mainstay of the facility every it will be part of it it'll be an expectation such as having sky sports in the clubhouse or whatever it's it, it becomes part of the furniture in that respect but as people get more data in all of their lives and 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 you know right away from whether you're on a peloton bike or strava you know if you're out riding in every activity you do there is an app for that and i think that's where we're at and that's what we our ambition is to be the app for that and be part of every golfer's journey so right the way from them to picking up a club the first time and understanding and seeing that improvement over time and being able to compete with themselves because i think that's the part of it with golf i was talking to a golf partner the other day whose son was really into football but has actually suddenly found golf because all of a sudden it's on him rather than the team and i think that we generally find with golfers it's about Improvement, 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 and we can do that through accessible data, using it with PGA pros for parts of you know teaching um, programs and and development. And ultimately, it probably doesn't stop at the driving range. It probably does start to then go and track people on the golf course and, and help them improve getting around that course. So that that par three over water, all of a sudden. The individual knows how to uh you know how to tackle that hole because of the data on the app and i think that's the intrinsic part of where we want to be and i'm sure there's a lot of people that say we want to be the app for that but that's our ambition and that's where we see in 2030 where, where the impact we'll be having on golf
0: well it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out in the future best of luck um, with thank top you. tracer for the uh, for the coming years david thanks for joining me on the from the clubhouse podcast steve thank you very much <laughs>